And I started because I was bothered by what I saw when my, my son started kindergarten at our neighborhood school. And, and no offense to them, you know, they're great and they, and they work hard at it. But I mean, it was just like a, a, a river of cars wrapped around this neighborhood school. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I would sit there on the bench waiting for him to get out and I would just see a handful of kids walking and even fewer biking. Yeah. Um, and then I went to every other neighborhood school in Traverse City and saw the exact same thing, right? So that 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 bothered me. And uh, you know, as a physical therapist, I'm just I just tired of dealing with chronic disease and sedentary lifestyles. And mm -hmm. so I said, Johanna, what do you think about starting this in a town with you know thousands of nonprofits? Does this Traverse City need another nonprofit? Yeah. And um, I left my job in, in 2017. Now I run this full time. And um, and who knew? KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor. And this is Sheldon. And on this episode, we talk youth cycling with Ty Schmidt, co-founder and executive director of Norte out of Traverse City, Michigan. But of course, before we get into all of that, Sheldon, how was your week in the Midpack? Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, our friend uh, yesterday, our friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, friend of ours, yeah. Tristan Smith, uh, he got a hold of me and he said, hey, I found some, he put gravel in the text, I believe, that he wanted to check out. Was it in quotation? No, it should have been. <laughs> uh, we may have, not to like implement any... Uh, crimes here but we may have trespassed Do on, a of <laughs> on some uh utility companies property but we went out and rode part of like railroad track maintenance slash atv trail nice. and uh yeah it was like 40 miles and i think we did maybe a mile of gravel road and the rest of it was bushwhacking through thickets <laughs> and riding through creeks and so like kind of a uh, uh, not an urban adventure, but some type like a. I was shocked to have something like that that close to home. Yeah, like we rode from our houses, and you know, rode through town to get out about four miles, and then it was just immediately we turned onto this service two track thing, and we rode until it stopped, and then we just rode through tall grasses and hiked through a marsh and well just i mean just hearing about this you almost certainly were trespassing right oh absolutely <laughs> no no there were signs that say no trespassing <laughs> okay well uh, no certainly we do not condone uh so we may have may not have done that okay but it was fun regardless it was a blast had it, it you know the, the weather yesterday was just perfect yeah let's just let's let's like dig into that because we have been uh blessed <laughs> with awesome the perfect autumn. fall perfect fall weather this last uh, couple weeks and, we're and uh, just getting the color change here in the yeah. lansing area and so it was a perfect weekend this last weekend for um well for what would have been the 
second date of the Barry Roubaix, and, and a and lot you of got out to Barry County. A lot of people went out to just ride the route regardless, and so we went out there. And I thought this time it would be a great opportunity to introduce my wife Rachel to uh, the Barry course and to some of the just just the the well <laughs> the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Just the course itself, and so we went out and did the 18 together, and it was it was fun. But yeah, uh, Barry County is a little different than Ingham County, uh, most most definitely, or Eaton <laughs> County, or, or it's or uh, anywhere a those. little hillier. And I, not that I forgot how hilly it was, but it became very apparent that it's someone it was, was a, reminding you. Someone was reminding me, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and it was. Again, it was like the the weather was perfect. We saw so many faces, so many people out there riding the different uh, courses. Yeah, the spin club really showed up in force. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of our friends from spin rode the thirty six together. Um, but it was it was great. A lot you just saw a lot of people in the Ace Hardware parking lot, um, and uh, but it was a, it was a perfect weekend. It would have been a good race day. Um, and I was at work. And you were at work. <laughs> But that was, yeah, that was a, that was a good ride for us. And, um, at the end, despite the hills, Rachel was happy that she, she did the so ride. You and didn't have to sleep on the couch that night. Did not have to. We were still talking or she's still talking to me, I guess. But <laughs> when, when <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was great. Um, and I know, uh, last week. There was also a cross event, right? Uh, yeah, there was Kiss Cross over at Highland Park. So, yeah, this is it's kind of cool because, of course, most of the bigger uh, cyclocross races um, are USA cycling sanctioned, so they're all canceled. All canceled, but these smaller ones like Kiss Cross, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, I think this might be the second one I believe of, the, second. of the season. So that went on, and then a couple weeks before... We had a mountain bike race at Fort Custer, Custer's yep. last stand. So, I mean, kind of, it's kind of like an actual race season. Yeah, people the last are getting some racing in. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Actually, last weekend too, um, not in Michigan, but unpaved went went uh, on on and their time trial style. Yeah, but I listen. I saw a lot of people on social media like getting after it and doing it and it looked like it was a really successful event yeah and um despite the change in uh uh the change in structure structure yeah like uh, a lot of people enjoyed that and i i kind of was a little bummed because um of course i i didn't go do it this year but after seeing those pictures i was like oh man i i want to get back there you remember what it was like at the oh so so nice so nice but uh, then we have we have some races coming up too. This coming yeah weekend, um, I think the is it the eighteen seventeen eighteen. We got the Dirty Thirty over in Saranac, mm-hmm. and then we've got Sancho two hundred. Sancho two hundred, which uh, Tristan, I did, yeah, who I did you last just year. mentioned. Well, you and Tristan did that last year. Yeah. Tristan is riding it this year, yep, so I'll be anxious. We'll be anxious to hear on how his that new rig that he bought just for Sancho. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he we'll let him talk about that but he basically bought a uh, uh a bo jackson bear claw bo jackson to be his sancho rig that he can put big old tires on yeah he's running uh the g1 speed and the 2.3 29er i'm i'm looking forward to see he's riding really strong this it's year B- so oh yeah he's he's riding like a, he's he's gonna have a blast yeah i'm excited to see how he does with that race and how Other many people than it, get up it looks there. like it might sleet 
<laughs> Did you look at the weather? No. Oh, I saw the weather. Sancho actually posted something to their Facebook, and it had, like, the date circled, and it was, like, 43 and sleeting. Speaking of sleeting, Sheldon, we're getting a little close to... We've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but you and I are going to have a few big days in a couple weeks. Yeah, and we're we'll, taking a four-day vacation. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it'll be in Michigan, um, not too far away from here, but we're going to go just kind of have our own little adventure. Yeah, up in the Manistee National Forest. And uh, I hope it doesn't sleet. <laughs> it, it, it could, it's it's going to be a little bit of a retro throwback with its own unique bad decisions yeah we'll we'll um should we talk about it now should we wait let's wait we'll wait we on can it wait. but just we have some retro the next episodes retro bike builds and we're going to uh just have uh, some epic days yeah. out there i think both bikes are over 20 years old i think you're right yeah yeah because mine's late 90s i think a 97 mine is close to 20 years old anyways we'll yeah we'll get into that but It'll be it'll be fun, but depend. We were just talking about this uh, earlier. Depending on the weather, though, it could be a lot of fun, or it could kind of be fun. It might, <laughs> it might have to have some alcohol-induced fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be great. We'll uh, talk more about that, but uh, but I am looking forward to a couple crazy days. Yeah, four days out in the woods. Yep, Michigan autumn. We should be at almost peak color change up there. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's like right, right now, now, but yeah. um, regardless, it'll be it'll be a great time. And uh, yeah, so a couple weeks ago, I was up in Traverse City, and I sat down with Ty Schmidt again. He is the executive director of Norte, and they focus on youth cycling and community cycling awareness and development. And uh, before we get into that conversation, though, I was curious, Sheldon, about your own history with, um, well, just with, like, sports as a kid and then how cycling was part of your life uh, growing up. And um, or was that mostly part of your adult life or was the bike a big thing when you were when you were growing up? Uh, So I I grew up as a hockey player, uh, started out in preschool. I always had bikes as a Of kid. course you did, because you grew up in Michigan. <laughs> Damn straight. Indiana, or whatever you guys are called. Hoosiers, man. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you that honor. <laughs> um, I always had bikes, sure. but, uh, you know, my pals, we'd ride our bikes around the neighborhood, but it was just, you know, punk kids on bikes. Yeah. Now, um, where you grew up, were, I would no you ex- consider it a safe place to ride bikes or was it uh oh yeah with I, traffic and everything yeah there... so i grew up on a cul-de-sac okay. so there was no traffic and then our neighborhood i mean you've been to my parents neighborhood mm-hmm. it's cars don't cut through there because you'll just get lost yeah uh it's kind of a maze of a neighborhood um we had a family friend growing up who who did delmac um so that was probably my closest exposure to you know actual cycling uh, I didn't get into cycling until I injured my knee back when I was a runner. And then when I had to stop running, I kind of got into triathlons. And then from triathlons, I got into just cycling. Do you think if there was a, I mean, a lot, a lot of like, uh, like 906, you know, like if growing up there was like a team that you could be a part of, do you, do you think oh, you would have jumped on that or you would not have been interested as a, as well, a child? Probably, probably in my particular 
childhood probably not just because everything was hockey 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 i grew up in a hockey household we went to msu hockey games for as long as i can remember we had season tickets my sister even played hockey so i mean that was just kind of our everything we did uh so if someone had brought up a cycling club to me i probably wouldn't have jumped at it Mm -hmm. I, i wish i would have i think that would have been a great thing to get involved in as a child instead i you know had to make concussions through hockey and probably paying the price for it now so it's probably not a shocker but i wasn't the best at the traditional sports as a kid (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't a good soccer player or uh basketball or football or anything and so i i didn't really do any of those sports um the family sport was tennis so i played a lot of tennis and um but i did kind of at a young age uh get into cycling um I started doing some local mountain bike races when I was, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. And your, then, your dad was a fairly serious cyclist, right? Yeah, my dad yeah. like definitely rode a lot. I think that we had one camping trip where we went with a, a, some family friends of ours to uh, Fort Custer. And I remember riding those trails and being like, man, I got to ride bikes more. And the the family friends, they... Um, we're kind of into racing and things. And Mm -hmm. then I got my first road bike when I was like 15 and I was doing group rides and I kind of was looking for something to be a part of. And unfortunately at the time there was really no youth cycling programs or anything. No, I don't Um, remember hearing about any. And, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I kind of just kind of fizzled and I didn't really get too serious about it. I did a couple races, but, but then like even further back than that, um, yeah, the bike was just my mode of transportation in the neighborhood, and we would ride on these busy county roads, which we probably had no business <laughs> riding on. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, we've talked to Todd Poquette with the 906 crew, and now we're talked to Ty. I, I, I really think that it's important and uh, fantastic that there are ways to uh, – there, there, there's another offering for – for kids growing up that you don't have to be a football player or a basketball player. You can, you can ride bikes. And then even more than that, it's how can we make the roads safe for people? How can we make the community a a better place to ride a bike? And, um, it's not just offering kids riding opportunities. It's making your community better. And I'm going to stop talking because Ty did a phenomenal job of talking about this exact thing and what he's been working and so many people have been working to accomplish in Traverse City and how that model can be used for other cities in Michigan, in the, in the country. Um, so let's, let's let Ty tell us more about this. And, uh, so Ty Schmidt, Norte. Is like the fall sports or like the public schools, are they still rolling up here? Or? <sighs> fall, fall sports, yes. You know, and, yeah. and I think the traditional sports for sure, you know, with um, obviously lots of protocol changes. And what I'm what I'm mostly interested in is how does this sees this I, I think of as like once in a century opportunity as far as bikes, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and how bikes relate to stronger community and health and equity and all those things. So I was just talking to Gary, our, our advocacy director, about a new program that we're doing with high school students, really trying to engage young people to, to speak up on behalf of their neighborhood, right? And I think Norte's does kids on bikes really well. We're trying to dream a little bit bigger and think about, you know, long-term 
enduring solutions to, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, kids on the couch, you know, health inequities, you know, access issues, car lines wrapped around neighborhood schools. Yeah. You know. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, um, before we begin, wanna, can you just kind of explain to me and everyone like where we are, where we're sitting, what the clubhouse is here, mm -hmm. and uh, what's this all about? Yeah, we're uh, at the south end of beautiful Grand Traverse County Civic Center, one of Traverse City's finest, finest parks, and, and we're outside the, the small but mighty clubhouse, and this is a small little building that used to, actually, it's got a cool history. It used to be um, uh, where the Zamboni lived, the locker room. So on the other side of this, where the basketball courts are, used to be Traverse City's only outdoor hockey rink back oh, in, the, okay. in the 70s, I think, and, uh, and then it turned into a, a police sector building, and then three years ago, we moved out of my garage uh, <laughs> because my wife was tired of all the bikes. And we've been here ever since, and being able to uh, be in a public park, uh, I look back, is, is just special. Because, I mean, now it's kind of rainy and dreary and, and not so much, but during the afternoons and the summer, this place is rocking, you yeah. know, and it's fun to be part of it. Yeah. So are, are you open to the full community? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we so inside the clubhouse uh, houses the Grand Traverse County uh, Community Bike Shop. And so we're not in the business of fixing other people's bikes, but we are in the business of sharing our tools and knowledge and space and workbenches with everybody and anybody. And it's free. Uh, we have everything you would ever want. And it's a cool space with, with, all, with all the park tools. Uh -huh. And um, so we're open, yeah, 10 to 6 weekdays. Uh, here through the fall and, and 10 to 2 on, on Saturdays. And it's just meant to... Who, who runs it? Who mans the... the or persons the... Well, the Norte, uh, Norte's got uh, staff now, Trevor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is strange. Uh, actually, staff of eight, which... Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if it was all like uh, um, volunteer-based or... Um, we do have some really awesome volunteers who help come in and work on uh, Norte's program bikes. We also um, have a... You know, we also sell used bikes to help generate income to pay rent and insurance and whatnot. But mostly, it's uh, we share shifts here with Norte staff um, because, again, it's just something you have to be accessible to the public, mm -hmm. right? And um, and when you're open and available and consistent, you know, people will come. And it's not just the shop, but it's just it's constantly people wanting to drop stuff off or pick stuff up. Yeah. Or, um, you know, what's up with here? So we get to sell our mission. Uh, every day when when the park is ro rolling. Awesome. So a little more about this uh, the clubhouse. Um, you mentioned the the bike shop inside, but outside it looks like you have um, I don't know a little a little playground, a little uh, uh, not a pump track necessarily. But what are, do you work on some skills with kids, or is this yeah. just for fun? I mean, just it's it, what we're looking at is 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 actually it looks a little janky, Trevor. But it's that was <laughs> uh, uh, months of hard work kind of building this this bike park and. Um, it, it doesn't, again, look like much, but this gets used a ton, right? Uh -huh. I mean, and just like we're sitting across the other, um, you know, more traditional playground, but kids come here all the time and ride this. And it's, and it's we use it for bike practice. So we have an after-school mountain bike program that uh, we teach kids, you know, riding skinnies and bike positioning and confidence with a teeter-totter and whatnot. But it is open to the public. Um, as well, because I think once you once kids become confident on their bike, like riding a rollers, you know that that that's a little scary, you know. Yeah. And but once that confidence improves, I think they're more apt to ride bikes, and ultimately that's the the main goal. And you know we're you know we're trying to get something more permanent in in the southeast corner of the park here, but that's um, turning um, 
just takes time dealing with government. But sure. Ideally, we have a, a, a more uh, robust and permanent pump track. So it looks like you have, I mean, a, a few Strider bikes or something. So it looks like all ages can come and. Yeah. 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 So we have a. We used to. Um, we we do a balance bike program with all of the area elementary schools because of COVID. That's been canceled. So. Uh, it's raining right now, but normally every morning at 10:30 we invite all area preschoolers to come and just meet up and ride, and and that's how they, you know, it's funny watching them because you don't really even need to tell them what to do; they just watch <laughs> other kids do it, and and all of a sudden they're just zooming right, and yeah. so uh, you know, uh, I'm bummed out that we can't be in the schools teaching the preschoolers, but it's it's something that's here for them to use whenever. Okay, so I want to kind of start at the beginning. I. I want to talk about Norte beginning, but I also want to know like how you personally kind of got, uh, well, not involved in it, or you started it. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we start here? Uh, what What is your official position at Norte? My official position is is co-founder, okay, and current executive director okay. uh, of Norte. So I founded it in '13 with my wife Johanna, uh, both physical therapists. Know nothing, absolutely nothing, about running a nonprofit and grants and board governance and all this stuff and. And I started because I was bothered by what I saw when my, my son started kindergarten at our neighborhood school. And, and no offense to them, you know, they're great and they, and they work hard at it. But I mean, it was just like a, a, a river of cars wrapped around this neighborhood school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would sit there on the bench waiting for him to get out and I would just see a handful of kids walking and even fewer biking. Yeah. Um, and then I went to every other neighborhood school in Traverse City and saw the exact same thing, right? So that 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 bothered me. And uh, you know, as a physical therapist, I'm just I'm just tired of dealing with chronic disease and sedentary lifestyles. And mm-hmm. so I said, Johanna, what do you think about starting this in a town with you know thousands of nonprofits? Does this Traverse City need another nonprofit? Yeah. And um, and who knew? I mean, really, like I left my job in in 2017. Now I run this full time, and um, what a privilege, you know. So you started. In- 2013, he said. Yep. And um, so it took four years, and then it, now it's your full-time gig. Right. Um, so at the beginning, it was a way to involve or get kids just riding bikes, basically. And then how did it... What is it now? Like, as you explain to someone what Norte is today. Yeah. Like, what is it today? Well, in the beginning, it was bike trains. And that's all it was. You know, we would connect kids neighborhood kids to their neighborhood school that's all it was you know it started with three kids and then five and then 15 and then 20 schools right and the idea of of making it fun and normal and easy and convenient and safe that's all it was in 13. uh in 20. Well, real it, quick i don't mean to interrupt you but so a bike train so like uh it would basically be they they'd get up in the morning they'd meet a bunch of friends on bikes and they'd ride that train basically that, that's right to school that's right and, and then from and, to home or whatever that's right so okay. parents would drop them off at, at our house and johanna and i you know we job shared at the time so we had the luxury of time so i the parents would drop their kids off at our place i would bike them to school and Johanna would bike them back, and then the parents they would you know disperse from there. Okay. And and so, and we made it more about just shepherding. You know, we really like, t- you know, try to teach them things, right? Because I would sit, you know, I lived down here on Washington Street, and before I did this, like I would see kids like riding on the sidewalk and, you know, blowing through stop signs, and I'm like, who's teaching these kids how to <laughs> ride bikes? And the answer was like, no one, nobody. Yeah. And. Um, so that's this idea of, of, of a bike train, and that, that's nothing unique. I mean, that's, that's not unique to Norte. I mean, that's, this, well, nothing's unique about Norte. A lot of this is happening across the country, mm-hmm. right? This idea of, 
of just empowering kids to move as part of ordinary life. But uh, anyways, so bike trains take off. I quickly realize that it's not just about bike trains, right? It's, it's, it's about access and connection. And you can't just wave your hands around saying, kids bike to school when it's not safe to do so, right? Uh, so we, we, we took on th this other role of champion, you know, infrastructure and, and policy and wading into advocacy waters, which is messy. But again, I looked around like, who's doing it? And the answer is nobody. Yeah. And uh, so that's where we are now. You know, we, we talk about our mission of building stronger, better connected, more walk, bike friendly communities by empowering the young and the young at heart, right? And and my thing is, I don't want to talk about stuff. I don't want to like plan stuff. I just want to like do stuff mm -hmm. and, and and learn by doing and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I think we found that, you know. And and our little organization now is, you know, I mean, just the fact that we have eight staff, right? Sustainable long-term careers, yeah. basically, uh, speaks to this. Uh, the amount of support in the area as it relates to less car, more go, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm a young person, if I'm middle schooler or elementary school uh, student kid, and what what and if I was involved in Norte, what would I expect my year to look like or my season to look like, or what? How do you how do you divide that up, and and what is that? What does being involved in Norte look like? Yeah, I mean, we can start with middle schoolers, but you know, my plan was always to start them young, really mm -hmm. young, like three or four years old, okay. right? And um, and and to nurture them through, you know, through elementary, middle, high school, and and to not be, you know, we can fill programs all day long, but it's it's always been about something more, right? And building relationships, and looking to like what success looks like, and that's just a thriving, equitable region where walking to the library or biking to the park is normal, right? And as soon as we can do that, I can quit and my job's, hmm. my job's done. But, you know, middle schoolers, we offer, we offer all sorts of things. We were just talking about Gary with this Explore Academy about giving young people the tools to be, you know, articulate, confident advocates, you know, because, you know, they, we don't need more Ty Schmitz or Gary Howes. But I think once you give these kids a platform and they come speak at, say, a city commission meeting or they go to their principal and say, you know, hey, Mr. Perkins, why is East Middle School wrapped in cars, you know, yeah. and what can we help do about it? It goes a lot further than if I go there and mm -hmm. whine and bitch about what I think is they should do or not do. Um, but then we also have a youth mountain bike team because I think... I don't know how you fell in love with bikes, but I fell in love with bikes in the woods, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's a gateway drug to something bigger. And uh, so we uh, f we used to have a meet here at the Civic Center, but now, you know, we've expanded regionally. We have practice venues uh, from, you know, Leelanau County to Antrim County uh, to the west side of Grand Traverse County to the Commons and the Vasa in near Traverse City. Um, and it's just fun. I mean, we're so fortunate to be able to ride bikes uh, in, 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 in an area like the Grand Traverse region. And I fully understand, like, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like, it, the people who have come before us wouldn't, Norte would not be possible with all the work from these trail organizations and land organizations. Uh, so I, I always try to mention that because, you know, yeah. we would, be, you know, this would not happen, like, I don't know what Toledo's like, but I mean, it, it takes a special place. Sure. You know, and that stuff needs to come first. Yeah. Um, so, no, I like what, um, 
it's what you're you're saying it's it uh like the the racing team for instance it's not necessarily the end goal but it's a tool for the end goal to create um responsible uh bike people yeah <laughs> and en- and engaged right and right. um and because mostly because bikes are transportation right i mean they're different than different than you know skis which i love or different than you know obviously other traditional basketball competitive sports i don't really care about racing or competing i do think it's a good motivating tool to keep keep kids working towards something right mm-hmm. that they can achieve something and challenge themselves to keep getting better but even now without iceman this year you know we have 271 kids who and they show up every day geeked about practice because practice is fun you know and it's also challenging and it's also adventure um so so what are you creating now though well, i mean without an Iceman, without i mean there are a few races i guess i've seen here and there i don't I guess down by us, but I'm not sure up here if, if there's been. Yeah, and I and there's not. To do, be honest. do you create your own then goals for the for the kids, and uh, how are you dealing with that? Yeah, well, it is something we're trying to change our thinking a little bit, and less about again competing and racing, and more about getting better as 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 an individual. And I know it's sometimes hard to sell to an eight year old. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, but you know we're here. You'll appreciate this when you're 45. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> you're, it's it's about it's about you getting better, and that can mean anything. Like because we got kids even in high school who are brand new to bikes, who don't even know how to shift mm-hmm. or you know and or put a chain back on or. But those are the things I think about long term, enduring change. That once you hook them, right, um, bikes are for life. You know, and I look at how it's changed my life and made me a better person. Um, and I just want to, you know, pass that on with, while also having fun and, and making sure, like, of course they want to shred, you know, yeah. and they want to jump. Um, but I got bigger plans. So you said bikes are for life. And I feel like when I first met you on a ride earlier this year, um, I don't know if you use a term like bikes are a lifetime sport mm-hmm. or something like that. And mm-hmm. I that resonated with me because... I think a lot about music as as a musician, um, and especially with young people, uh, equipping them with music. That's for life, mm-hmm. and it's it's different than basketball or mm-hmm. football, where you you don't get you know twelve of your friends around together when you're fifty years old, but you can always play the piano or sing right. or something like that. Right. And so bikes, I feel like, are in the sport realm are similar to that. You can ride a bike forever, mm-hmm. and um, but teaching that early on. Um, I, I just really resonate with that kind of uh, philosophy, I guess. Yeah, and I and I think like that's 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 the vision, right? And how do we do that uh, while not being judgmental or critical, while understanding everybody has their own life to live, right? But you know, how do we make it visible? Like this, this, this is a lifestyle that's one hundred percent possible, and you'll be better off for it. You know, you'll be happier, healthier, uh, more engaged with your community. Um, what are some of the uh, success stories or how, what have you seen come out of this that you've been like, yeah, this is the kind of, this is what I was looking for and this is the kind of people I was hoping to help, uh, I don't know, not create, but uh, this is the, the community I was well, hoping I got, to foster. I mean, I got several stories. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll start with one. Um, you know, I started this when my, 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 my oldest son was... Um, 
you know, in the fourth grade, whatever now. It's now they're all now they're all juniors. And I just went so we have this, you know, bike shop alley over here. Um, and we used to ha we have this bike mechanics classes, you know, where these kids were young and we're teaching them like, I'm not going to fix your flat anymore, kid. You know, this is how you can do it. And, and if you need to use the shop, come and learn and do it and tinker and work on bikes. But I walked over there to those three shops and in, in each single one of them was a Norte kid. Right. So the, here's a, here's a kid with yeah. lifelong skills, employable, uh, real life jobs, you know, and I think that's that's. That's one success story. The other success story, if you if you cross over Eighth Street here to the south, um, is the Traverse Heights neighborhood, and that neighborhood has been underserved for generations. You know, Traverse City is very affluent town, but as soon as you cross the tracks, uh, not so much. And we pushed hard back in '16 to start with some sidewalk infill acceleration projects. When we talk about advocacy, and that wasn't easy, right? We're putting our, you know. It was just not easy, right? Mm -hmm. To you know, take a stand like this is worth the city's investment. This is worth tax dollars. Start doing this now, and now, I mean, it's it's amazing over there, you know. And there's sidewalks all over, you Great. know, and 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 around the neighborhood school, and so that I'm, that I'm super proud of, and I'm just proud of this, this team, you know. I think I I look around at our board meetings or at our staff meetings, and we have brilliant, passionate people involved with this, and I think like taking a stand but also doing it in a way that invites people to join you and i hate using the word a movement because mm -hmm. again but but that's what it takes you know to be sustainable because everybody's got good ideas you know um and so th i think those are three success stories i mean i think youth development is at the core of what we do sure. you know um you know being strong passionate advocates for access and equity um and then and then making sure that greater community takes ownership in this because then I can then I can go away and this thing can sustain itself and be fine so yeah so what then is the next uh, step I mean it sounds like you, this has be this has gone beyond anything that you were really initially uh, hoping yeah, for totally and it's kind of become its own thing so what could you see Norte accomplishing or what big dreams could you have for Norte in the yeah. future? Well, and I think, I think it's a good question and mostly because of what COVID's presenting here at this time, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I look at what happened during the lockdown and how important parks and land and access because, you know, walks were never canceled, bikes were never canceled, outside was never canceled. And I, and I, you know, I take that kind of personally in that, I don't know, I just really want to make sure that as a community, that's something we value, right? And, and so I don't know what Norte's potential is, to be honest. I, I don't, but I would really like to find out. And, um, and we're a little bit out of a tipping point. You know, we have this, you know, we're not a small organization anymore, you know, and the budget of $600,000, you know, like, are we going to go all in and see what our potential is and get to the corners of, you know, because we can do Traverse City all day long. I mean, that's, we can do that in our sleep now. But, you know, from Frankfurt to Leland to, uh, you know, Northport to Elk Rapids, you know, are there ways that we can empower those communities and make it easy for them to bring about certain change that they want? Not what Ty Schmidt wants or Traverse City wants, but I think that's what's next. And I, um, you know, scaling and, and learning from all the mistakes we've made over the years, you know, can we share that with, with others to, to do good and do them? Right, and that's what I've learned. It's, not, it's nothing about this cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, you can't take what's worked here and go up to sure. uh, Sutton's Bay. How do you serve that specific community in the way they need to be served? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's tricky. And but it's also just starting with like, how can how can we help? You know, this is what we've learned over the years. Mm -hmm. This is what we're good at. We can do all the boring stuff for you, but we can't do it for you. Yeah. Right. You know, and 
I think that's what's next. You know, we've reached, um, last year, I think we reached 2,400 kids total, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, I, and it's very possible in the next three years that that can be, you know, 8,000 8, kids. You know, can we reach 20% of the kids in the, in the region um, in elementary school? I, that's, the board's probably listening and probably like, I don't know, Ty. <laughs> 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 Sounds like too much. <laughs> no, that's great. Ty, you're, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're obviously passionate about this and you sound like a, a, a pro speaking about this. I barely had to do any like prodding for questions <laughs> or anything, but really, I mean, this is, this is kind of quick and easy. Um, is there anything else that you want to, um, on your mind that you just want to shout out or talk about or? No, but I, I do, I, you know, again, I, I see what else is happening. I don't know who listens to Dirty Chain, but I mean, I see what's happening around Michigan you know, from Todd up in, in Marquette mm -hmm. and uh, Craig down in uh, Brighton and, uh, you know, what's going on in, in Grand Rapids and Lansing. And I just find it very inspiring to be part of it, right? You know, and, and I'm learning every day uh, and I'm happy to share what we've learned every day. So if anyone's listening and wondering where to start or how to do it or if they just want to pick my brain, I, I love that, you know, right. and I think, uh, you know, people were so good to us when we started. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I, you know, I, I we have learned some things, mm -hmm. and I'd be happy to share that. I think that uh, I would, I would guess that if you are part of a community where something like this has is not a part of it, that it could be a little overwhelming at the beginning of like, how do we even start this, and yeah. how do we even, um, uh, yeah, where where do we even begin? Mm -hmm. And um, I know that in Lansing, we we just had our first year of the Capital City Youth. Mm -hmm. um, cycling club right. and uh, that that was very successful right. so um, so yeah so I think in each of these communities it'd be great to see more of this more mm -hmm. of this happening and thank you for you know just the hard work and years that you've been putting into it and making mm -hmm. making this something uh, possible and, and vibrant mm -hmm. thanks Ty appreciate Welcome. it yeah thanks Trevor the Dirty Chain podcast is a Michigan Midpack media production in partnership with KOM Cycling the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast, email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com, or call our hotline at 616-522-2641. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by Trevor Gibney. Sheldon Little handles the social media, graphic design, and of course, bad decisions finally again <laughs> and thank you to ty schmidt for joining us on this episode and as always keep your chain clean but get your chain dirty we will see you in the mid pack <laughs> <laughs>